0: One morning, I got a phone call from a mate. The surf is going off. I thought, just give it everything I've got, and I give it everything, and I just punch through the lip and just get to the other side, and bang, I get this pain right in my chest, down my left arm, in my shoulder blade, and I'm going, man, pushed it a bit too hard. There I pulled a muscle. Went home, had a shower, came down, sat down to do some paperwork. That's when it happened. It really happened. Yeah. I sit down and I get this crushing pain in the chest. You know that feeling? You know, I don't know, when you were a kid, you know, I used to have mates or siblings, they'd sit on my chest and you just couldn't get them off.
1: Oh, when you play stacks on. Yeah, 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 you got it. You got yeah. it, man.
0: And I get this pain in my chest, this cold sweat, this nausea, and I had no idea really what was happening.
1: That is chef and wellness coach Adam Guthrie. And this is part one of episode 270 of the Yoshi Podcast. And Welcome to the Oshie Ginsberg Podcast. I'm Osher Ginsberg. I'm so glad you're here. This is episode 270 with uh, chef, wellness coach, and all-round wise human, Adam Guthrie. He's a fascinating cat. You can find out more about him on Instagram, Adam Guthrie, G-U-T-H-R-I-E. Also, uh, find out what he's up to at ifeelgood.com.au. Uh, more about Adam in a moment. If you're new to the show, if you're new to this podcast, let me tell you what's happening here. This podcast, really simple. It's a weekly conversation. It's a conversation that you get to be a part of and it's hopefully designed to help you make today better than yesterday. That's it. That's it. Sometimes the chat will be with someone that you know. Sometimes it'll be with someone that you don't know. No matter what, I guarantee it. I guarantee that you'll hear something in the next little while that you go, oh, right, yes, I could. Yes, that will incorporate well into what I'm doing with my day and that could indeed make today better than yesterday. And that's it. That's all we're trying to do here. That's all we're trying to do. Thank you so much for all the lovely messages about our news here at the ranch. If you missed last week's show, Audrey and I are expecting. Uh, it's a whole new world. It's a world full of surprise naps and insatiable desire for pickles. Yeah, pickles. Audrey just wants to eat pickles, which is fine. My mum wanted to eat pickles wonder if there's something in that. We went and had a, a fantastic lunch the other day at this joint in Bondi, um, vegan Lebanese street food. Let me tell you, the pickle situation there is bakow. Audrey was like, I, I could eat this all the time. Uh, it was really good, really, really good. Um, yeah, she wants to eat pickles and have naps, which is fine. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously, like I mentioned last week, I'm a little like, what do I do? But this is a world that has been inhabited by billions of people who've done this before us, so... We should be right. I think, speaking of which, I think for me the nicest thing about announcing, I guess, the pregnancy, uh, for close people to us have known, but announcing it publicly was the amount of men that I know, men who reached out to say basically the texts all basically said the same thing. They said, mate, I'm so happy for you. This will be the greatest thing that ever happens in your life. Now, I'm talking about guys whose number I've, I've got in my phone, uh, might not have talked to them a little while, but guys who are heavy hitters in their fields, right? guys who I'd consider astronomically successful. And they're saying that a child is the greatest thing that's ever happened to them, which is really nice. I'm really excited about that. It's a really nice thing to hear. It makes me feel a little safer too because no matter what problems we encounter, me and Audrey and Jeet, no matter what, someone somewhere has been there before us. And that's, that's some great peace of mind, isn't it? Which I guess it's the same for everything, really. A um, lot of lot of lovely feedback about the Alan Sparks episode last week. Thanks very much to everybody that kicked in for that. Um, it's one. It's been one of my favorite episodes. Um, he's an incredibly inspiring man. I'm very grateful to the words that people sent me on the DMs and also the emails. I'm glad that episode resonated with so many people. Just a quick plug, if you happen to be on the Eastern Seaboard of Sydney and Sydney or Eastern Seaboard of Australia, Sydney or Melbourne this week, the School of Life are putting on a night uh, in each city where I'll be delivering a keynote about vulnerability and then I'm in conversation with a delightful Sean Pryor before a bit of Q&A. We're in Sydney on Tuesday night and Melbourne on Thursday night. That's tomorrow night and Thursday night. Episode, so looking forward to speaking and meeting everybody. It's a real honour to be asked to speak on vulnerability. I, I see vulnerability as somewhat of a superpower. I see it like strength, courage and wisdom all wrapped up into one. And to be honest, the biggest catapults forward in my life have happened when I've chosen to be vulnerable, And I'm very much looking forward to sharing what I've learned, hopefully, connect on some level uh, and engage in conversation with you if you're going to come along. Tickets you can get um, I just I'll put the link at Oshaginsburg.com. just go there. you'll see a link to the School of Life gigs. So, how are you? How are you? How's the kids? How's the job? How's the tidying? How's the routine? How's the work on yourself that you do each day? Are you doing the work? Because I will ask you when we meet each other, I'll ask if you're doing the work. No one's going to make life better for you. No one's going to process the things that happen to you and make sense of them for you and then put them in a place uh, that you can access and then create new ways to think about things when triggers pop up for you. No one's going to do that for you you get to do that yourself which is good because that's kind of more powerful when it's yours I was uh, talking to a mate the other day he was asking about meds and we were sitting there watching the surf and, and at the time I said to him if you're if what do I say I said if managing the brain you've got so that you can live a fulfilling life for yourself and others is surfing right then meds is a surfboard you may want to go surfing and I can give you a surfboard But if you want to surf, you're going to have to get yourself to the beach, paddle out into the possibly cold water, cop a few sets on the head as you paddle hard and bash through the waves to get out the back, stay paddling to be in position for when the wave comes, and then paddle hard and commit to the scary drop when it's time to catch a wave. And then you get to turn around and do it all over again. That's the same thing with meds. You can take meds. But committing to doing the work every day, making sure you're eating, sleeping, behaving, acting and reacting with a deliberate course of improvement for yourself and those around you, that's the work. And in my experience, that's where control starts to come back into your life and the changes start to happen. But it's every day. It's every day. At first it sucks. After a while you get better at it. And in my experience, I can tell you the work is worth it because when you think about it, who, who wouldn't want to go surfing every day? Yeah. And some days I don't want to do the work, but if I make it a habit, make it a part of my day, it becomes, it becomes automatic. Shit, I've got a brain that likes compulsive, repetitive behavior, so I may as well use it for something. <laughs> a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. plushcare.com slash weight loss so let me tell you about my guest uh this week adam guthrie is a chef and wellness coach that splits his time fantastically between byron bay and barley nice his his story is really interesting he was living a life chasing what he thought was success And at the frighteningly young age of 39, Adam suffered a heart attack. Unlike many men who simply take the stent, take the meds and don't change their diet and they just stay on this downward spiral, Adam made a lasting commitment to change and, as he describes, managed to get off his heart medication through taking a path of more physical activity and a whole food plant-based diet. But he didn't just do a little bit of exercise. Adam worked his way through subtle daily increases, all the way to training for and competing in and completing an Ironman. Adam's story is one of incredible inspiration of, to be honest, a healthcare system that mightn't be open to solutions that are right in front of our eyes. It's a story of self-discovery, forgiveness and compassion for one's own past, and a commitment to sharing the joy of his new life with others. You can find out more about what Adam is doing at ifeelgood.com.au. He's also on Instagram, Adam Guthrie, A-D-A-M-G-U-T-H-R-I-E. Please enjoy part one of my conversation with Adam Guthrie. Adam, thanks for coming, mate. Pleasure. I'm really grateful you're here. So am I. Thank (laughs) you so much for making the journey. I know you you travelled to be here today and um, I was just saying before that just before I I live around the corner and – just as I left, my wife, who was out walking the dog, I was like, honey, can you throw some chickpeas in the pressure cooker? So that's so, so, oh, such a vegan conversation. So, just throw some chickpeas in the pressure cooker so we
0: have something to have for lunch. That's where we met. That's, well, that's, how, that's where we met. That's how Over a met. pressure cooker.
1: Over <laughs> a pressure cooker. What was I doing? I was asking if it's, if it's a good idea to buy a pressure cooker.
0: Yeah, my wife was on, in a Facebook group that you were in and she said, oh, well, we were given one of those, but they're not really a pressure cooker. Try a real pressure cooker. And, and it's, it's a And ever. I think she said, "By the way, go and check out uh, my husband's website. He's got a few good vegan recipes on there." Yes, we did and then that. You, I got an email from you.
1: <laughs> yeah, and now and now here we are. We are. And now here we are. But yeah, uh, it took me a little while to get the pressure cooker over the line because we do live in a, we live in an apartment mm-hmm. roughly one and a half times the size of this room that we're sitting in. So wow. storage space for kitchen appliances is uh, limited. And I've already blown my load on an air fryer, which, as oh, you I know, did. is not a small thing. No. So it took me a little while, a bit of reconfiguring, but boy, howdy. because well, my wife's Fijian, once you figured out that, oh, hang on, I can make dal in 30 minutes.
0: Totally like, dal in 30 minutes. You can cook your lentils and legumes and freeze them. Have you got freezer space? Uh,
1: <laughs> again, small house, small freezer. But, yeah, going from zero to hero from yeah, on the chickpeas, going from yeah. hard chickpeas to, oh, my God, this Soft. is the best salad I've ever eaten yeah. in half an hour. Yes. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's incredible. So much better than getting it out of the can and totally. way cheaper. Oh Man, you save a lot of money. It's so cheap to yeah. eat this way. <laughs>
2: People ask,
1: so people ask me all the time, I'm like, beans and rice are not expensive. That's right. And Look. it's got pretty much everything you need. Yeah. Uh, it's, but I'm grateful and leafy
0: m- greens and leafy greens.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of yeah, course. Yeah. Of course. But um, I'm really grateful that you're here today. Your story is, uh, you know, a cracking story. There's a lot of people, I've, I've been, only recently, like in the last, I don't know, six months or so, have I been talking about the way I've been eating um, off the back of the men's health thing, mainly. Because um, I don't know. It kind of rubbed me a little associating with saying the word vegan, you know. It rubbed me a little because there's some people who use that as a badge of militancy Mm -hmm. and I don't don't relate to that. For me, it kind of flies in the face of the compassion that I'm trying to live. I get you. And and being mean to other people or, you know, tearing other people down for their personal choices, I I can't vibe with. So I started saying, oh, I'm just plant-based. I tried to avoid it. (laughs) Know what I mean? But in recent months, I've kind of been talking about it.
0: Yeah, I think it's good
1: that you are because
0: you know it is a very compassionate way of living. And I also vibe the same way as you do with the the activism around around vegan and what's associated with that. Yeah. You know, the reason why I'm vegan is because of having a heart attack. But I became vegetarian when I was 21. And I came vegetarian because of compassion and spiritual reasons. So my whole basis of really being plant-based is from compassion. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. You just – it's so nice to live a life that nothing has to suffer because nothing gets suffers, you know. Your body improves with health and the planet – you're doing good for the planet, the least amount of global warming. Yeah. And – nothing suffers, no animal has to die. Yeah, And just good karma comes back to you when you eat this way, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you look, two of those three things, you can you yeah. can get a lot of people over the line with. Yeah. Like when I yeah. talk about the amount of water it takes to make a kilo of animal protein versus a kilo of plant protein. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, you just put it in like, look, you're a, you're a business person, you make, what if you needed 15,000 liters of a raw material mm. to make your product, yeah. a kilo of your product versus 1,200 liters of a raw material to make a kilo of your product, which would you choose? It's you know it's, brainer. it's, 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 it's you'd think it's a <laughs> not brainer. but then also from the you know uh, environmental standpoint, which is which is how I came into it, and the that and the you know the compassionate you know mm. not, I just didn't really want to eat anything that had lived. You know, we're so careful about don't eat food off the floor or, you know, be careful about, you know, what you put in your mouth. Like, well, hang on a second. This chicken's lived in a cage. It's never seen the sun. It can't turn around. Do I really want to put that in my body? Probably not. Mm. So, no. no. And that, that's, that's how it started for me. But you, you dropped something interesting there. So, you were vegetarian, but you still had a heart attack. So, talk to me about that. How did that happen? How did you be someone who's a vegetarian, which is often associated with a very healthy way of living? What happened
0: What happened? It's a long journey. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: all right. It's a podcast. That's what we're here for.
0: Yeah. When I when became vegetarian when I was twenty one, and I was I was overweight and I was in a bad place when I was twenty one. I stopped drinking when I was twenty one. My twenty first birthday was my last drink. Wow. I haven't had a drink since. I wish. (laughs) Congratulations. And it was uh, it was a big night, and and then I. I was depressed. I went into a depression for about three months and I just woke up drinking, went to bed drinking, woke up drinking, went to bed drinking. And then one night I was sitting in a pub in the corner by myself. I was super paranoid. Like I just had, I was sitting there and I thought every single person in this room is talking about me. You feel it? <laughs> oh, mate,
1: I know that so well. Yeah.
0: And it was a pretty bad po- point. And I thought, well, I left the pub and I thought I'm either going to wake up in the morning or I won't be here. Yeah. Yep. And I woke up in the morning and it's still alive. And somebody mentioned a book, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. Oh, yeah. Back to me then. And I grabbed that book. And my self-esteem was so low at that point. I remember going past Dimmicks trying to pick up the book. But because of the title, I thought people would think something's wrong with me, the checkout person. I picked up this book. And it took me 10 goes walking past the shop, went in, grabbed the book, put it down, not with a title, but down on the bench, slid it across and bought it. And then I spent a month, I took a month off work and I just went through that book, exercise after exercise. Now, she was talking about... Um, working on your mind, your body, your soul. And I thought, this body's not in shape. I was overweight then. I was always really fit, 75, 80 kilos, loved sports, surfed every day. But for some reason around there, I put
1: on a bit of weight, and what well, about drinking? would drinking do, it do it.
0: Beers and T-bone steaks and chili sauce, man. Yeah, I mean,
1: with all that alcohol, all that alcohol, you're throwing your hormones to the wind. Yeah. and your ability to build muscle is gone. And like, oh, I know, certainly, I know, like, I was drinking 2,000 calories a day towards the end when wow. I was drinking like you were. Mm. Oh, easily, mm. easily. Mm. And then <laughs> another dinner becomes a great idea yeah, yeah. when you come home from the pub or yeah, whatever. Yeah, totally. You know, so I, <laughs> I certainly know all that. Yeah. Know, but that, that's a fascinating book. I remember, I remember reading that book. Did you? Uh, in the yeah. 90s, yeah. And if it's, uh, it's, it's written in an easy, I mean, I've seen her speak and mm. I get it. She's yeah. a businesswoman. She, yeah, yeah. She, she's making money. I get it. Yeah. But the principles, I think, are, I, I'm, you know, I can, vibe, I can vibe with it. You know, yeah. it's a good entry to if you've never considered questioning your own way of life or questioning how you got where you are, it's a really, it's an easy way in mm. to, to that. Which I liked. Yeah, and it was my way in yeah. to a whole new different way of thinking. Yeah. So I followed that. And
0: she, so I thought I'd better work on the body. Went and saw a naturopath and she started, you know, giving me some supplement. And I started, and Louise Hay was talking about a plant-based diet predominantly. So I started eating that way. It felt amazing. You know, dropped a few kilos, felt good. Everything came together. So I continued that journey, you know, I went travelling and came back to Australia, opened a cafe, opened a vegetarian cafe.
1: What part of the country?
0: I grew up in Bury on the south coast. And I opened the cafe in Nowra, which is at the time in the 93, it was... It was pit radical having a vegetarian cafe in Nara, but it did well. We were packed lines out the door every lunchtime. It was oh, amazing. Nice. So we did that. I was a chef. I actually did that when I left school, became a chef. And so I had cafes, had a few cafes, went down the journey, stayed vegetarian. And then I, my parents were in real estate. They had a, a, an agency in Berry, and I joined them and I really enjoyed that. I, um, and I became quite successful at that. But that journey where you're constantly giving and responding, there's just no space. And it's seven days a week, 24 hours a day, just about. And you're on the road all the time. And I was chasing success. You know, I had a vision that I wanted to achieve.
1: Oh, you got a sniff of that commission money, yeah? And you're like, oh, another hundred acres is coming up. Exactly. I'll on that, you got okay. it. Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and helping people.
1: You I know, can subdivide move that. Into there. Yeah.
0: Well, actually, I didn't go down that path. <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> Steve, yeah. No, but we just help people. You know, yeah. predominantly from eastern suburbs and up and along the shore, buying weekenders or retiring down to Berry. Um, lifestyle properties yeah so we did that and during that period i put on a lot of weight and i went from 75 80 kilos to 110 kilos because you know you pull in a service station i buy a can of coke i buy a pack of chips buy a chocolate bar it's vegetarian it's vegetarian man. yeah it's fine it's vegetarian (laughs) you know there's no meat in that or you go into you know the berry bakery and you buy a vegetarian pasty and it's just full of saturated fats and you know it's terrible so i put on all this weight eating and
1: you cracked the ton didn't you 100 cra-
0: 110 Boy. 110
1: and you're and just in- a little bit taller than me so yeah, yeah I, was, I got to 112 that's, really? that's, yeah yeah 112. when i was 17 yeah wow.
0: how that's uncomfortable big, was it
1: do you remember how chub rub is not a nice thing in the in the in the warmth of the queensland summer <laughs> yeah. you know you're walking like john wayne because you know this isn't a time before you know, athletic trousers that had kind of inbuilt skins inside them. Man, you couldn't find a pair of underpants that could protect your inner thighs from each other. It was terrifying. <laughs> it was
0: terrifying. My, my thing was bending over trying to do up my laces yeah. and this gut was in my road and it was just so awkward But and shirts, you know, not fitting. And Were you in a relationship restricted. at the time? Yeah, I've, I've got an amazing relationship. I, I met my wife in the UK and... She came back to Oz and we've been together. And she sins.
1: was with you the whole time that you were putting on weight. What was yeah. she saying to you when you were eating this service station diet?
0: <laughs> she didn't really comment, no? actually. No. My wife's a very special person. She's got a, an amazing soul and she's, she, she sees people, you know, like they, she sees your soul and very little judgment from Rue. She's amazing and she's just so supportive so that she didn't comment and she's also you know i'm a bit of an alpha so you know i do what i want to do Uh i go and chase what i want to chase got it you know what i mean so that we've got an incredible relationship and we've been together 28 years or wow that's
1: fantastic yeah
2: well that's great it was great hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the
0: opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot
1: And so you're in this kind of high stress job, terrible food, terrible
0: food. And then, you know, when you want to achieve something, you get a picture of it and then you hit it and you and the paintings done. And then you go, you thought that was going to mean this. (laughs) And then all of a sudden you go after it wears off after a few weeks or a month and you go, is this all there is? And that hit me in 2003. And I wasn't 110 kilos at that stage. I was probably in 90s. And then I decided to change career and I left real estate and I started training and coaching and I couldn't work it out. You know, have physical, client- physical
1: fitness training?
0: No, it was more business. Oh, okay. okay. Business coaching uh-huh. and sales training. Yeah. And I actually couldn't work it out. And I spent – I had a year off and then I started, oh, I better play around because I'm starting to spend a bit of capital and – and I couldn't work out how to generate enough income to pay my costs in doing that, which was really bizarre because I was, you know, it was really quite good in real estate. I had a nice income. It was in 2009, during that period, I became really stressed, almost went bankrupt. I didn't go bankrupt, yeah. but almost went. And at that point, that's when I was 110 eating a lot of rubbish, I'd, I'd be depressed and frustrated, I'd go and buy pizza every night with full of cheese I'd go and eat, t- I'd been known to sit in a couch and eat an entire tub of ice cream and then blocks of chocolate would come home and I'd eat a family block of chocolate just to squash the emotion um, and frustration and feeling of failure like I really felt I failed and I'd stuffed up, really stuffed up and It was one morning I got a phone call from a mate and he said, Adam, the surf is going off. I'll meet you in the car park in 15 minutes. I was still surfing at that time. And went down to, it was in Jeringong, lived in Jeringong. And it was my mate who owns the surf shop down there, Natural Necessity and Kent. And so I meet him in the the car park and it's full of people. And the ocean is like, it's 10 foot. No one's in the water. And he and I love big waves and we just go, let's do it. So we just pull on the wetsuits and jump off the point. A few other guys follow us out and I paddle into this first wave and it was amazing, you know, beautiful wall, surfed it almost to the beach and then pull off it and I see on this horizon this massive swell just starting to build and this set and I'm going if I don't get over these waves I'm going to be stuffed number one I'm 110 kilos number two I normally ride a short board but I'm on a mahal because a long board because I'm um you know I'm overweight and I and knew, a hard board a hard to get d- through you can't uh, duck dive it you can't no so I gave it everything. I'm paddle, paddle, get over this first one. Paddle, 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 get over the second. Paddle, 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 just get over the third. And then this fourth one's like a mountain. Oh no! And I'm fucking going, oh, man. So I'm just paddle up it. you paddle <laughs> uphill. Yeah, uphill. Yeah, I know, what it's, you know like. what it's like. Yeah, I know what you it's surf? like.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah I've, I've, I've talked about. It. I was grateful, very grateful. I've once been to Chopu in Tahiti. Oh, really? oh, yeah, yes. and I remember saying, I've, I've, I know the feeling of like I've never swum uphill. <laughs> But then when the swell comes, you're like, there's that much water coming at you. You're like, I'm swimming uphill. This yeah. is weird. Yeah, yeah. But, but so you are, you you're, swimming you got this hill. wall of water in front of you. You've got rocks behind you. You're out of path. You've, you've, you're far out of
0: <laughs> I know. And I'm there and it just starts to cool. I'm going, I am stuffed. Like, I'm fucked. And I thought, just give it everything I've got. And I give it everything. And I just punch through the lip and just get to the other side and Bang, I get this pain right in my chest, down my left arm, in my shoulder blade, and I'm going, man, like I pushed it a bit too hard there, I pulled a muscle. And it didn't go away, it kept nagging, and so I went in and went home. You caught a wave home?
2: Yeah, you got- I caught
0: one in. <laughs>
1: Into the speech. Having a heart attack, still <laughs> catch away.
0: Yeah, well, I didn't know it was a heart attack at that point. I just thought I'd pulled this muscle. So you're like, well, who,
1: who cooks toast out here? Why am <laughs> I smelling toast? <laughs> so you thought you pulled a muscle? Pulled so you, muscle, you man. drove yourself home?
0: Partly. Yeah, just went home, had a shower, came down, sat down to do some paperwork, and it happened. That's when it happened. It really happened. Yeah. I sit down and I get this crushing pain in the chest. You know that feeling? You know, I don't know, when you were a kid, you know, I used to have mates or, or my siblings, they sit on my chest and you just couldn't get them off. Oh,
1: when you play stacks on. Yeah. yeah, you got it.
0: You got yeah. it, man. So I'm, I'm doing that and I get this pain in my chest, this cold sweat, this nausea, and I'm, and I had no idea really what was happening. I didn't know the symptoms and it was scary and I'd never been here before. And I rang my wife, Ru, and I said, look, I'm not feeling too good. And she, <laughs> I was like this little boy that cries wolf. And she goes, Adam, you just have a panic and, and you'll be fine. I said, nah, there's something really wrong here. I'll be home in about half an hour. I'm half an hour away. Anyway, I got off. I knew it was too short. So I rang my mother-in-law. She drove me to hospital. Now, by the way if it ever those symptoms happen to you crushing chest pain down the arm nausea cold sweat don't drive yourself or have someone drive you to the hospital get an ambulance okay triple yeah. zero you really need to be doing that anyway get to the hospital they rush me in strap me up all these wires take some blood come back and they say adam you've had a heart attack and i'm going i don't think so Number one, I'm vegetarian, they're meant to have the lowest risk and I'm only 39 years of age It can't happen. Sorry, Adam, but you've had one. And it was a shock and, and there was panic and worry and fear all came up and they kept me in overnight. And apparently I had a few more little goes overnight. They put me in a helicopter, flew me here to Sydney. And um, they rushed me in, go to put a stint in, because that's what happens um, when you have a heart attack. I actually wasn't fully blocked. And this is interesting. Most heart attacks don't happen when, you've got, when you're fully blocked.
1: The arteries are fully blocked, is what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, the arteries
0: yeah. are fully blocked. What With some um, cholesterol and plaque, what actually happens is underneath the endothelium cells, endothelial cells, which are the cells that line the inside wall of the artery, plaque just starts to build up there. They become a little brittle. And if you get a little bit of thick blood or, you know, fatty blood or a bit of pressure happens there, they can tear. And when they tear, a blood clot forms to stop that tear, try to heal it. And that's what blocks the blood flow. And that's what happened to me. Now, I'm having this angiogram and I can see this little flap hanging in my artery because it's like this scan and you can see it. And they go to put this stint in, but it was too low on the heart, so they couldn't do it. So I said, well, how, am I gonna, how are we going to heal this flap? What's going to happen? Uh, it'll just heal like a cut on your hand after a few weeks. we will keep you in hospital a bit longer. And they kept me in hospital. And I tell you, intensive care was one of the most safest places i've ever experienced like these ladies and guys that were nurses before i knew what was going on they knew like they were there and then i'd experienced something and they were there and i felt totally safe and then you know they put me out into the ward after about five or six days and it was the scariest place i've ever been no one was paying attention Mm. i didn't know what was going on so i left i said i'm going home went home They send you away from hospital with five medications when you have a heart attack, and I took those religiously. But what happened, like, my mojo just totally disappeared, Mm. totally flat and... Um, life was miserable and the enthusiasm that I normally have just disappeared.
1: And... Well, you've also had a very traumatic experience. You've had a near-death experience. Did you have kids at the time? Yeah, I've got three. Yeah, so three. You, you've, 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 you're Trauma. seeing it all. You're seeing the whole thing. You've had this incredibly traumatic experience. Yeah. And if you've got, a, as you mentioned, you've had a history of being a, a you know, a bit different when it comes to you know, stress responses, that'll do it to you, man. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, I went to the cardiologist after, this is what he said, the, ca- the cardiologist, he's, I said, look, I'm not feeling too good, my moment. Joe's flat goes out in the side effects and it's okay but i've got to tell you this you're going to be on medications for the rest of your life so the statins you, and things yeah so uh, you need to get used to it
1: lipitor that sort yeah, of thing
0: lipitor, Yeah, lipitor all of those i even forget the names of them now i just don't want to go back there but they were essential at the start to help that healing process but i left there and you know i'm the sort of guy if someone tells me that it's not possible. I want to try and find a way. Yeah, And I came home and I just Googled how to reverse heart disease with food. I thought being a chef and the food got me here. It's probably eating, you know, all the dairy and, you know, <laughs> and the junk. It got me here. So maybe there's a clue there. So I came across Dr. Furman was the first one I came across. He had a little subscription forum that you could do and you could chat to doctors and he was talking about whole food plant-based diet saying it'd be reverse disease heart disease and people were getting off meds so i followed that and i came across cordial Esselstyn, and i came across the china study and i came across forks over knives and the documentary and especially the documentary forks over knives where it showed people who had had a heart attack when they were younger went onto a whole food plant based diet, which is a vegan diet but whole food, no junk food, and just food the way nature hands it to you. Mm-hmm. And they'd reversed it. 25 years later, they looked younger than they did when they had the heart attack. And I thought, well, I can do this. So I started eating that way, and within a few months, I'm off all meds. Haven't had to take them
1: since. What were those meetings like with the doctor when you were going, talking about maybe taking, I want to come off the meds?
0: Well, I never went back to him. <laughs> but I did go to my GP and I told him that I'd winged myself off. Now, never wing yourself off them, okay? <laughs> never. But I did and I was feeling better and I went to the GP and I said, can you check me out because I've done this? And he's saying, Adam, like if you – this was about six months after. He said, Adam, if you came in here today and I didn't know your history – you have no risk of heart disease. So I just stayed going that way. And I've never been back to that um, cardiologist. I should go back and let him know what's happened. um,
1: You could save a lot of (laughs) lives. But, you know, rather than him saying, here's five different medications, you go, look, I had one patient that this happened, massive bloke, had a huge heart attack, and he's amazing now. Do what he did. You know, you could save a lot of lives. Well, that's my mission now. I I wasn't given that choice. Right. I wasn't given the choice. Yeah.
0: Yep. that is the thing. And I want people to know that there is a choice you you know i would love to see the day where you could walk into a cardiologist or a gp and say here's a choice you can take meds which will keep you alive and your numbers will be okay and but there are some side effects you probably won't feel as good as you've always felt but i'll keep you alive and you can continue your lifestyle which is (laughs) eating the same food food and do all that or you can go on a whole food plant-based diet And you can actually reverse the disease. You can feel younger, look younger, have more energy and and feel great. But it will require a little bit of lifestyle change. But it's easy if you can start to develop the habit and learn how to do it and learn the principles. I would love to see that day. And then people have got the choice because I believe everyone's got the choice to do whatever they want in life. You know, I've chosen this path, a whole food plant-based vegan diet, and it's worked extremely well for me. It may not be the only way, but it's definitely a way. Have you spoken to many
1: cardiologists in Australia about this? Uh,
0: Not in Australia, but some of the US guys, um, Dr. Kim Williams, he was the head of cardiology in the States. Uh, I can't remember the, uh, the school of cardiology. He was he was the outgoing president. He spoke in Melbourne two years ago, and they asked me to come and speak as a case study. And I interviewed him afterwards, and I said, "You know, wh- how did this happen? How did this change? You know, I go from having heart disease to not having it." And he said, "It's it's the plants, you know." he said what happens with meat he said when you consume he said it's actually the saturated fats in the meat and the dairy and the high protein levels once you consume them over five percent of total calories the western's diseases start to happen so it's the saturated fat and it's the high amount of protein animal protein once they rave above five percent of total calories then The Western diseases, heart disease, diabetes, all start to happen, autoimmune diseases. But he said as soon as you take away those poisons and start to add plants, which have phytonutrients, lots of antioxidants, it actually reduces inflammation. It's an anti-inflammatory diet. So he said, we think it's an anti-inflammatory diet, which it is, but he said, what's really happening? You're taking away the poisons. You take away the poisons that create the inflammation, then magic happens and the body just goes back to homeostasis and you become well. Mm. And that's exactly what's happened to you. So he's the only cardiologist, but a few of the other plant-based doctors have been out there and I've spoken with those guys Mm. at their conferences.
1: Do they call you up and ask you to come down? Are you yeah, a well known guy in they, this? They, well, I wouldn't say I'm a well known guy in this yet,
0: but, but when, if there's a doctor that's having a conference, they'll ask me, they'll call me and say, Adam, will you come speak? Yeah. And yeah, I'm doing that. I'm speaking at the vegan festival in Bali next month and yeah. I'm getting asked to speak a bit, oh, which is cool. I'm loving it. Mate,
1: that's... It's look, awesome. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's it's important, you know, because I'm a guy in my 40s, I know guys. Yeah. I know men who yeah. are on these drugs yeah. and on them for life. Yet you're, you're right in it's, you know, can we come to a point where the cardiologist gives the patient a choice? You, you know, you cannot change a thing And just take this pill forever, Mm. or you could eat this way. Because there's side effects to both choices. One of those side effects of the other choice is your suits. You're going to have to throw them all all away because you won't fit them anymore. (laughs) Because you're going to have to get them tailored to fit your hot new bod. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's absolutely that's 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 what changes. That's also you know a a factor. I think. Now, I think I remember reading a quote somewhere. um, No cardiologist I know who has read the research I've read is still eating. (laughs) meat <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's uh, i would i think like that, that would be true i'll have to find what it is it was, yeah, it find some,
1: it. something uh, along those lines and it's interesting but, you said western diseases because yeah. you're right in that a lot of these things don't tend to happen in in other cultures they're starting to oh really because as the western diet becomes more uh, aspirational
0: yeah and and there's standard the east you know indonesia and india and all through southeast asia um and asia Their middle class is rising. So people are becoming more affluent Mm -hmm. and all the fast food joints are going in and, and that's part of the process right and i think we're switching i think it's switching you know we're becoming here in the west more like the east we're, we're well, more interested in spirituality meditation well in your, and your
1: circles maybe man you, you know you, you lived in indo for three years and yeah you're, you're, you know you're a full vegan so maybe your entire circle of maybe. influence is uh but i did i had a meeting this morning at this extraordinary building it's um uh in sydney at number one Bly street it's like I think the Sydney office of the federal treasurer is there and the Bloomberg's on the top floor. It's just nothing but big money dudes and ladies and it's a lot of steak lunches in that room, a <laughs> lot of steak, a lot of, you know what I mean? I know. The like one. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's the lifestyle and that's the, the culture that's going on there. So you'd most definitely. Um, I think it's sad. Well, I think it's, it's also. From my a, point of view. Well, I agree I agree, and that it's just the information. It's just mm. knowing what there is I mean, if you've we were in brisbane on the weekend and as we were driving north audrey just says to me there's nothing but fast food and car yards on gimpy road nothing but fast food and car yards and she's right mm. you know because that's if that's in your face the whole time you don't know That's as far as you're concerned if you've never kind of explored it that's food mm. i'll eat it mm. but is it is it a food is it an everyday food probably not You know, and I'm certainly one who I I used to call it the window diet. If I could drive up to it, (laughs) I would eat from it, you know. Uh, You did have an advantage though in that you were a chef and cooking techniques and prepping and chopping and things were very familiar to you. True. But for someone who, you know, and I see it all the time when I go shopping, you know we all do it we all stare at what is that someone else's shopping trolley (laughs) have a look you know if someone's got a shopping trolley full of pre-cooked frozen meals and a couple of liters of soft drink that person's going to have a hard time suddenly knowing i don't know how to cook a cauliflower
0: that's true and i bet if you close your eyes you can picture that person
1: yeah, absolutely. And if I just described to you their trolley, you can, you can, in your mind, you can choose what their body type might look like.
0: Absolutely. Beyond shadow of a doubt. Yeah. absolutely. But that,
1: that person, if they've never, if they grew up that way, yeah. if they've never known anything but meat and free veg, it's going to be a frightening transition for them. It, absolutely. And I grew up with meat and free veg. And
0: it is a frightening transition if you don't know, especially if you've always eaten that way. And especially now, younger people have hardly ever had to cook at yeah. all that skill has died so he's dying and what happened was i to keep me on track after i had that heart attack i developed a little meal plan for myself oh, yeah? and then we put it up on itunes and it went nuts it like that was five six years ago and because what, i thought others people as a, as a book or as a, as a like an app oh right and it's called i feel good but what happened was so as of what that was i would create myself a meal plan with five dinners weeknight meals and they gave me two nights so i could go and eat out or go to friends places or whatever and the other five i'd make enough to have for lunch so i was only making one meal and i have leftover for lunch add some le- you know some leaves to it for lunch so we created that and that went i thought other people might enjoy that too so we put it up there and it did it went crazy and then a few years later, after I've been living this away it, way quite a bit, we'd been in Bali. I sort of, actually, we what, how, what, how did that happen? How did you end up how, living in Bali? I, that's interesting. So I had this heart attack, right? And I after the heart attack, I go back into real estate. I started a boutique agency down in Berry. Someone said, Adam, I told him my situation, Adam, you just got to get back on the tools that mm-hmm. you know what to do and do it. So I did. And it... And I really enjoyed it and then we sold that three years later because what happened was during that process when I had that business, I met a guy. I Actually, Rue, my wife, bought me a bike and I started cycling with the local bike shop in Berry. and on the Saturday morning rides and was a, a few guys there had done Kona, mm. the Ironman triathlon and another guy there had done eight. He hadn't done Konas but he'd done eight. Ironman mm. and I get a phone call from him the next day and saying Adam we're going for a swim on Monday we're training for another Ironman would you like to join us and I'm still pretty big at this stage and it was a, and it was a couple, couple of years after the heart attack and I said cool I'd love to join I, that was a sport when I was swimming I'll come and swim went down we swam he drove me home and then I told him about the heart attack and he said really And you don't take any medications anymore. I said, no. He said, I'm a GP. (laughs) That's really interesting to me. And he said, you know, it would be super cool to take you from a heart attack to an Ironman. I've done eight. I'm a GP. I can get you there. Do you want to do it? And I said... And secretly I've always admired people that could do that I used to watch it as a kid and thought I could never get that fitness ever yeah. So I said yeah I'm going to I'll jump on the bandwagon and I'm um, I'm in let's
1: do it And how Adam got to the finish line of that Ironman how he transformed himself physically that is coming up in part two of the show which will be out Wednesday this week find out more about what Adam's doing between now and then maybe jump on Instagram tell him that you heard part one of the show Adam Guthrie on Instagram A-D-A-M-G-U-T-H-R-I-E you can also see what he does over at ifeelgood.com.au I like things that do what they say on the box Um, thanks everyone that helped me make the show today show producer is of of course, the magnificent Rachel Barrett, audio producer, Andy Marr, location logistics this week by Lauren Miller, music by Mike Mills, also known as Toe Hider and you for just being here and being fabulous. No podcast, no audience. That's as simple as that. Uh, I'll see you in uh, Tuesday. That i see you on Tuesday, tomorrow night in Sydney uh, for the school of life gig. And we'll be back on Wednesday with part two of the show and Thursday in Melbourne. If you need anything between now and then email me, sandosher at gmail.com until I speak next time with you. Sleep well and dream of beautiful things.
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. <laughs>